Hi, y'all. Uh, we're excited to share this episode with you. You're going to be hearing snippets of conversation from our time hanging out at Sam and his apartment. And you might notice as the episode goes on, we seem increasingly under some influences. Don't judge us too hard. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun making this, and you know, we hope you have <laughs> some fun listening to it. podcast this is alia this is nadia and we're here with a guest but we're guests we're at his apartment and he made us fatouche and apple teenies so so we're he's the best (laughs) yeah yeah well i was feeling hungry um my name is samer and um i'm uh an artist and i live in new york and I am queer, just like you. Aww. Coincidence. Whatever, no one on this podcast is. Did I say I was Jordanian? Uh, no, but now you are. Now you did. Now I did. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jordanian, but my, on my dad's side, he's from Egypt, and on my mom's side, it's a mixture of like Syrian and Palestinian. But I, I like to I like to make sure like I say that because I feel like we're all connected somehow. Yeah, we were having a combo like right before this started about um, I don't know if it's this much the case for Jordanians, but like everyone likes to pretend they're super like ethnically pure to whatever country, and that's usually not the case. Yeah, at least on our ends, like Lebanese people and Saudis. Yeah. like to do that they both lot. like to do that and neither of us are yeah i'm pretty fucking syrian and you're i'm mixed as fuck yeah so yeah. many different things <laughs> yeah all the same yeah so especially like that's like the new topic that's like the hot topic right now identity yeah like who are you mm-hmm. and i just feel like everyone's just trying to fit themselves in like multiple boxes see how yeah. they intersect but i feel like all it's teaching us is like we're all the we're all we're all literally the same yeah yeah it's almost like a what do you call it like when you pull a branch back and then it flicks like a, uh, a pushback reflex or you know what I mean like, yeah. like, oh, like when the you pull a branch reaction back, when yeah. you pull a branch back and then it snaps I feel like we're mm-hmm. pulling the branch back right now like 2020 everyone's oh, about identity yeah. and things like that and once it smacks back everyone's just gonna be chill so like, oh, <laughs> like fuck it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can see that like a pendulum like that kind of pendulum effect do you want to talk about like what kind of art do you do yeah so i'm a multidisciplinary artist whatever that means i have a concept right i'm an arab i'm a queer person Mm -hmm. um i want to be involved with everything that has to do with that so yeah if i need to express it via painting i will do so Mm -hmm. if i need to flail my hands and vogue down the street i will do so yes yeah i do videos too um, I've done sculpture, I've done murals, installations, just an artist trying to explore, growing. Are there any murals that are in the city still? Um, there is a, there's one that just got taken down. It was of Leilene Extravaganza. Okay. Um, it was in Soho. It was on Green yeah. or Spring Street. What was it? Um, it? Well, she died. She was um she died in Rikers Island. It was just uh, like like a mural. Bad supervision and. Um, no one was looking after her, and um, she, um, what do you call it, a seizure, yeah, that's what it's called, she had a a seizure, and nobody was paying attention to her, she was left unattended, and in, um, solitary confinement, that's what it's called, yeah, the family, like, went after her, whatever, but, like, 
Um, it was just like a mural to commemorate my own like house sister. I guess I'll say I'm, I'm in ballroom too. I'm a part of the underground ballroom, mm -hmm. New York City community. Um, I'm part of the House of Extravaganza. Mm -hmm. I don't know most of you guys like you've watched Paris is Burning. Yeah. So yeah, you can see them on there. Yeah. How did that start for you? So I, I found out about, I found out about Vogue before ballroom. Vogue mm -hmm. is just a category in the competition. It's a competition. That's mm -hmm. all it is. It's like imagine if you were at a wedding, the bride made her like bridesmaid compete for who has who's like who has the best walk. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. That's literally what it is. Mm -hmm. I was in a dance team in high school, a step team, and the captain of the of the dance team, he just graduated the year before us. So I was entering as a freshman and he just graduated the last year. <laughs> he was DL and you know that term like down low. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like we knew I mean my best friend Demetrius, like we knew he was gay. And mm -hmm. that's another thing, like we never really discussed like sexuality, but we like gave each other eye the eye we just knew yeah I, um, I say so much yeah yeah, yeah. big time and he yeah. we would like do these masculine moves and like tutting and dancing and things like that and then by the end of the practice like when he really got loosened up he would like start breaking out and voguing and i was just like oh my god Demetrius, what is he doing uh, i sort of was just like learning then i was i think i was like 14 but i didn't take it seriously and i didn't st stick then america's best dance crew came out and there was a crew called vogue evolution and i matched what naji was doing my, the, the captain oh. of the dance crew to what they were doing on tv i was like demetrius look like this is this is the dance it's called vogue yeah fast forward I had an awkward like relationship with with Bogan Ballroom. It's one of those things where you really need to be out and proud to be able to do. And I was so deep in the closet that like I would just like just stalk it on YouTube and never go like in real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until like 2019 came. I went to my first Vogue class. It was by like Slim Extravaganza. I love him. Yeah, he's on. It was like my first. A real introduction to like the ballroom scene besides just like watching really? videos and stuff. Yeah, like I met him in like contemporary dance world, but he would be using the studios in between rehearsal to like rehearse with his voguing people, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's a he's a sweetheart, yeah. and he um he was like nice. Like I was taking his classes, I was just doing the thing, just taking classes. And then on the side, like, I would, I'm, I'm obviously, like, into New York nightlife for, like, queer mm -hmm. nightlife. Yeah. I met Boogie Revlon from the House of Revlon. Mm -hmm. He saw me in a club, and he thought that I looked really masculine in my suit and really butch. <laughs> and he was like, yo, you can walk realness. And realness means, like, you walking as a, like, everyday corporate guy or whatever. And he was like, I think I want you to walk for the uh, the Mugler ball that's in October. We tried on outfits, we practiced oh together, God. everything. Yeah. And I walked Executive Realness come that October 2019. And this is all while I'm taking Slim's classes. And then I think December of 2019, I was walking into Bloomingdale's. My mom wanted a very expensive thing for Christmas. And <laughs> I was shopping. I ran into Benny Ninja who was from America's Next Top Model. Got to. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, he was um, He was a, a pose instructor. I, I saw him, and I, I completely, like, jaw-dropped. I stopped him, and I was like, oh, my God, you're Benny Ninja. And he was like, stop, <laughs> don't do that. He was like, stop, don't do that. And I was like, no, come on. I've been trying to email you for, like, a year now, which I was. <laughs> um, I found his Facebook page. 
Benny Ninja um, Bogang. It was like, and it, it looked like it was run by him, so I kept on emailing him, using that email or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I don't even use that Facebook page no more. Oh. And he wrote down his number because uh, he was working at Bloomingdale. So he wrote down his number on the uh, receipt slip, whatever. Yeah. And um, he said, reach out to me. Next week, we were at TGI Fridays, like, just drinking um, the happy hour. And after that, I just formed a relationship. It turned out that Benny was Slim's father. Oh. So while I was learning from Slim, I... I started like learning from Benny. Yeah. Like, you know, who taught him. Yeah. So I would, and he lives in Terrytown. At this time, I was like living with my parents. I was, I'm from Yonkers, New York, by the way. I would go to Terrytown, which was 20 minutes away from from Yonkers. Mm -hmm. I would go to Benny's Benny's house. And he lives in, you know, Section 8 housing, Mm -hmm. um, benches in the front. And we would Vogue like every night together, like yeah. at like four in the morning, just like in front of those benches. After after a while, like uh, uh, I, I, kept, I kept in touch with Slim. He told me about the, the extravaganzas we're having auditions mm-hmm. to become a part of the house. I went, well, I, it, it went well, it went well. They asked me to do runway, they asked me to do to mm-hmm. Vogue. Yeah. And the next week Giselle called me, who's the mother of the house. Um, she told me to come over her house and the rest is history, yeah. I've just been training a lot. Um, I've been training with yeah. Derek Extravaganza. He's really, really wow. amazing. It's like before we start, before we start recording, you were talking about like there. Are, you don't think there are coincidences? Like this seems like yeah, this seems an example. It's like yeah. running into someone. Like when you ran into each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really. I'm just. An example. I really was like, taught like a certain way how to act, like mm-hmm. putting your foot over your like your leg like crossing your legs like in a masculine way and like not doing it in a feminine way and like yeah like i've been taught how to act like this toxic masculinity topic conversation that we're having now that's a real conversation yeah and it's something that's affected me and i'm yeah. going at lengths to get rid of it <laughs> yeah do you do, yeah. do you do yoga that's such a random yeah question. i'm a i'm a actually recent yeah, yoga instructor like, not even like a little yeah also, we have a rooftop, so if it's ever, like, nice out. It's kind of cold for that right no, now. No, if it's... But we have no furniture in our living room, so, like, that's my, like, dance in yoga space. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. That's really dope. Like, we purposely didn't get any furniture. Yeah, well, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh I actually I just it. did a, um, what do you call it when you go back and you touch it? Back bend? Yeah. Like, like, like a wheel. Called? Or a wheel. A wheel? Yeah. I just did one for the first time yes. ever in my life. Uh, like without my head on the ground, like because I would always, I would never be able to pick my head up. Yeah. To to lift off. Yeah. Like, just getting that extra. I just did it for the and then I did oh a handstand yeah. last week. Nice. Amazing. Arthritis? Hell no. Wore <laughs> that shit off. <laughs> Holy shit. My okay, dad's complaining I'm so much about his body. Like, work on that. My dad is complaining so much about his body. You should do my um, yoga sessions too. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I'm trying to convince him to do something like. Nadia started a a thing called Flomo Yoga, which is cool. Because really? it's like yeah. instead of having FOMO, you have Flomo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have coming up that you can talk about on the podcast? Um. What do I have? If you have. Or will your? Can you talk about pose? Or. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's nothing serious. I'm just, um, I'm just doing background dancing for awesome. 
few seams and folds. That's so um, cool. That's so cool. Yeah. But actually, they just delayed. Um, they just delayed production, so I yeah. actually won't be going in tomorrow. Oh, going okay. in April. Oh wow. Yeah, because the COVID numbers went up high. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about how TV shows were. Yeah. Yeah, they make everyone like test on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and I want to say, I I've gotten tested three times so far. And I've only been with them like for two weeks. And they limit the amount of people. Everyone's on rotation. Like all the dancers, all the all the ball goers. Yeah. But it's it's so cool. So they're figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Do they but, still like get the like illusion of a like a full club? Well, I believe they shot at Elks Lodge, um, which is actually on this street. Elks Lodge is the main place where they shot Paris mm-hmm. is Burning. And it's on the street. It's Whoa. an old church with two floors. It's really cool. Like, the history's everywhere. Yeah. They say it started, I don't know, there's, like, two different, there's two, there's two different, like, sayings. Like, people, some people say that it's, like, Vogue started in Rikers Island, like, mm-hmm. all, because they have a gay section. They said that all the, yeah. like, the POC kids used to just, that's how they created it. They started voguing yeah. there. Um, and then other people say that they were, they were trying to imitate the magazines. Yeah, poses in the magazines. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, um, I feel like I hear the second one more often because people don't want to talk about Rikers Island that much. No. Yeah. Did you see that documentary? Which one? I think it's on. I think you can either watch it on YouTube or HBO Max. I need to um, get on HBO Max. Is what the, the theme of today? Yeah. <laughs> there's, been a, there's been a few things. Yeah. There's a, there's a documentary on Rikers Island, the gays like, and they have a they have a mm-hmm. whole gay like part of the movie where yeah. you get to see like. Who was in there and like how they lived and it yeah. was it's really interesting. Do you want to talk about Let's other talk about visual art? Yeah, visual art that you do. Do you want to talk a little? Yeah, more about you're saying that? like that's your primary. Yeah, medium. so okay, I've been yeah. um, I've been working on a I've been working on a few paintings. I feel like I started off as like well, my uncle's an artist um, cool. and an art dealer back home in Jordan. He so he has like three sons and he would like teach them. But I didn't really get like any hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. It was just very like I saw what they were doing. They were painting. It was very abstract, and I started to just started to apply it to like what I was doing here. Yeah. So I mean, I started painting like I've been painting since I was young, but I didn't start taking it seriously until like I got like, graduated college, and okay. I started painting like Arabic iconography, like Feiruz, Um Kulthum, um, Ziad Rahbani, um, I painted, you know, the Asafi, like just all these Arab icons. Yeah. And it was good practice almost, but like it wasn't um, telling us a, a story, like my story. Mm-hmm. So then I sort of transitioned to like self portraits and painting things that mean something to me, but like just focusing on almost like a crop on the face, like on the emotion, just like just trying to capture a face. But now I'm, I'm sort of veering away from that and I'm like getting more into storytelling. I want to deliver a space like through painting. Like I want I want you to see the walls. I want it to tell a story like yeah. more than one person, more than just like their face. You can even see because I started off as iconography, everyone looks like a religious character. Yeah. Like that would be home to the church or something. Yeah. For the like goes also with what your roommate is doing. Yeah. Also, which is also so for yeah. the listeners, there's a corner where some this is a beautiful Center, like yeah. studio gallery space. Yeah, there's so. just art pieces everywhere, like covering the walls. There's a corner where there's like an easel. I'm and, curious. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk about specific pieces, I'm curious about the one with the multiple eyes inside the yeah. eye. Yeah, that's a self-portrait. 
references are really important. I always sometimes like I started off as like painting just from my head, like what was ever in my head. Mm-hmm. And that was most authentic to me. But then I started getting obsessed with like looking realistic. That and then I just hated it because it took the creativity out of me. Because mm-hmm. I was just copying from a photograph. And so that painting in particular, like I didn't use a photograph at all. I was just thinking of just how do I look to myself? Like what do I look to myself? Like how how is it that how do I perceive like my like aesthetic and like how do I look? And that's what that painting is. At oh, that, I think at that time, I just I just felt like acne was just taking over me. Uh, like, I didn't okay. have oh, acne. Got you. Okay. I just it the feeling that I felt inside was like I had acne on me. Okay. Do you know that feeling? Like you felt you. Yes, feel but I usually disgusting. also have actual acne. So <laughs> like it's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced that feeling with like clear skin. Also. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like that. That's exactly. I I just felt yeah. I just had that like yeah. yeah. But that was like a really dark time. But I'm trying to like I'm looking at a lot of old past paintings, and this is a process that like a lot of painters do. Like we'll go back and like rework like old older paintings. Mm-hmm. And these paintings are like there's things that like I I see in them that yeah could use like a little personalization. Like oh, I'm not wearing it right now. Let me what? go get my ring. I have my dad's name on a on a ring, mm-hmm. and I always I always want to have it on me. There's like I don't know. There's little things that like um, that I want to do. Like where's the hatha? Where's the hatha in my paintings? How how come I've never done that yet? So we're currently in Harlem, right. but there's something about where I came from that just had this like. So I was born in like like the. I, I guess you could say like the hood part of Yonkers, and then my parents like leveled up over the years. So my dad like got a got a job and you know did sure, his thing yeah. or whatever, and so as I entered spaces of whiteness, I sort of like tried to approximate myself to them yeah. as close as possible. Right, yeah. And I feel like that had a, such an effect on my art. I'm so mad that my Arab, my paintings aren't Arab enough, even though they are Arab. They're like, so Arab. Yeah. No, but I'm painting they're things pretty Arab. like. No, but where's the real shit? Like, where's the, where, where, like, where's like the the kids on the street, like mm-hmm. the ghanam, like where's the, gotcha. like you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. Arabic, but it's very bourgeois. It's gotcha. very like it's the bullshit that we hate from yeah. our from our own people. Yeah, good it's point. That. It's that like layer. So you're yeah. doing updates now. Pardon? So you're doing like updates on old paintings now? Yeah, I just like I want to make it realer. I'm just I feel like. Because I'm gay, and I know you feel this way. I'm, I'm not assuming, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you feel this way too, but you have this responsibility to be like as out as possible in everything, not just in your sexuality, but like in truth, just as as authentic as it's possible. It's increasing. You don't want to That feeling anything, is increasing. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's something I'm thinking about constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that way. Um, I don't know. You're talking about revisiting old paintings. I felt that way about like revisiting old performance pieces, uh, mm. particularly spoken word stuff, where I'm looking mm. at things I wrote before and I'm like, do I know this person anymore? Like, it's it it's real to who I was when I wrote that shit. But I mm. can I yeah. do I feel I right it? saying it right now as if it's yeah. me or should I keep it as like a a museum? You know, like yeah, frozen. Is archive, like, is this archive. is this like a period piece yeah. of my life, or is this something I want? Like, do you want to take with? a do you want to dig up a time capsule and keep sharing it? 
Now you got me thinking. Wow. But I like the idea of updating things. Yeah, it's just so like damn unfinished. Layers. I'm looking at it now. It's so damn unfinished. Oh. Well, I guess you should trust your like trust yourself on that. Like if that, you if like something told you to to take it out and put something on it, then that means it needs. That means some, you should. But it's, it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Do you feel like you're on a journey right now? I don't know. I feel like I'm really aware of this process, like more than mm-hmm. now, now more than ever. Like I'm, I'm seeing where I'm going. I'm just trying to let it just be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this year has caused a lot of people to just be more introspective. Ooh. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You just, yeah. You have no other choice, really. I think no. there's something about having to sit with ourselves and just be with ourselves longer oh, than. You. I personally like to do. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm like, this is extreme version of that. But no, but just being like, who am I apart from like everyone else's perceptions that just have yeah like so dominated how I think of myself. Yeah, it's like the rising sign. In astrology, astrology, the rising sign is like how everyone sees you versus the moon sign. Mm -hmm. That's who you feel you are internally. But I can't remember my rising. We we have the same one, Scorpio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, do you are you deep in are are you into astrology? I'm actually not that like deep into it. I just I find it interesting to like read about. I like it when other like, people tell me about it. I yeah. can't like mm. retain knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like interesting enough that I've. I can be, my attention can be held. If someone's talking about it, if I'm reading about it. But while it. we're here, what, what's your chart? Yeah. Do you know um, all your three, your big three? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Leo. Sun. Sun. Uh-huh. Um, a Cancer rising. Okay. And a Virgo okay. moon. Okay, gotcha. So I'm all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I think cancer. I think you do come off Scorpio. as a Cancer. Yeah, like, I think I come really off as friend. very, like, yeah. chill and, um, yeah. like, I don't know, chill, like, mm. emotionally perceptive. If anything, I think sometimes uh, it's interesting because a lot of people like don't read like how much social anxiety I have, which is a lot. And because I'm kind of like externally chill, it reads as being like stuck up or aloof. I did, I never got that from you, like stuck up or aloof. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the setting. Yeah. I think also when I'm like working, like I'm very focused on something about being very focused on working plus like social anxiety sometimes. I think that way. like yeah. I think like we are the devil and we are the god. Like we are the like we we are all those things, all those astrologies combined, and it comes out when it needs to come out. Like yeah. and when it when it when it does come when it's necessary to come yeah. out. Yeah. It's just there's too many people in this world to like bring it down to like twelve signs or or a simple combination. I just feel like oh yeah totally you know what i mean yeah yeah i think what all of this does whether it's like astrology or yeah or like even personalities tests and stuff i think people like or the entj yeah yeah, yeah. i think people yeah. um there's something comforting about someone else telling you who you are really or like tarot when tarot readings when people tell you what's going to happen or like or like tea readings or coffee readings or like any anyone yeah. who's yeah. like i and it feels i like know people are just telling you what you want to hear not only like do they tell you what you want to hear, but you decide to interpret it a particular way. But let's break that down real quick. Like you're in your own mind trying to like break me down. I feel like there's no way it can come out unless there's some type of like projection into that. 
Like yeah. there's no there's no way a reading could come out unless you've experienced it yourself because I, I think know. about this often actually. Yeah. It's, it's like that lady at the dinner table that like you just meet and she like whispers into your ear and she's like she's like isn't she so manipulative? Is it you know the, those people that talk shit and they're just always like mm-hmm. girl if you didn't recognize it in yourself you wouldn't have been able to recognize it in yeah. her. So you're probably talking about you. Yeah. Is that how you are? Yeah. That's why the answers always come out differently like yeah. depending on who you hear it from. I'm always paying attention, like, when people are, like, mm-hmm. when people are critiquing me, I'm also saying, like, is that something that they deal with? Probably. I mean, I definitely know that I, like, notice certain traits in other people if I'm, like, trying to fight that in myself. Mmm! Yeah! Like, lately it's been about, like, people who gossip, and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't stand how that person yeah. is so two-faced and is, like, talking shit about yep, people. Yep, same! But, like, <laughs> But here I am talking about that. We've person. actually yeah. been talking about that recently. <laughs> I'm the best. We're and like, I'm shit, we're doing that right now. Yeah. I'm the best, and I'm the worst at the same time. Is that a depressing thing, or is that it's just? It I is, think it's, it true. Is. it's true. It's true. It's just true. true. I think it's it like yeah. I think it's important to recognize what shitty qualities we have too, like <laughs> as well as the good that we bring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about, I don't know if this was on the recording before, about, like, you're very open about, like, becoming less, the process of becoming less of a bitch, and, like, that's mm-hmm. something I'm very private about, and I should be more open about the steps I am taking, maybe, particularly, like, about, to like, be less shitty. I don't know. It's not about bitch, like, it's not about being a bitch, it's, like, have, creating a space, I hate this shit. And no, but it, it really is about, like, creating a safe space where, like, where you can feel like you can critique things and be transparent and grow and learn and right, whatever. Right. I have a few friends that I have no choice but to be formal with. Yeah. And it makes you walk around them, like, egg, like on eggshells. It's the worst. It's, it's... It's an awful feeling. It's really hard. It's really yeah, hard. It's painful. Like, when you go, like, through your life, you are telling your story. And, yeah. like, your friends know you very well. And because they know you well, they can clock you. And they, yeah. know, the, they know the real shit. They know yeah. the real you. And so, like, when you go about your daily life and you make new connections, like, you can form however... The narrative, however, like you want it, yeah. Because a person's meeting you for the first time, and you can decide how deep you go. Yeah. And we, as yeah. human beings, we have that privilege to tell our narrative however you want to splice it. But the thing is, like, once we break that ice and once we break that barrier, bitch, I know you. Like, yeah, stop yeah. playing with me. Like, I it's know gonna you. eventually all show. That's it. Like, yeah. we, like that's it. I was thinking recently about it's painful when you not only walk on eggshells but also like you know more about, like, you observe more or you, like, know more what's going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes than you feel you can, like, talk about. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, a lot is left unsaid. There's a lot of repression. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about this in family situations about, like, how everyone knows each other's shit, but we can't talk about it. Yeah. For real. Like, people but- talk so much shit on WhatsApp chats about each other, on family WhatsApp chats. Oh, big time. Oh, For I example. Or I just like friends, even like close friends. Sometimes you know things, but you kind of like pick your battles. The, the best friend I, I do have, I can tell him anything. He can critique me. He can tell me Samer that was too much or yeah. this or that. 
And I love that. I feel like it makes the best friendship because we're so honest with each other. Yeah. Friendships that require this formality and this, like, pretending to not to hurt the feelings and this and that. It's just transparent. But I also believe that, like, not every friendship and not every relationship has to be the same. Like, oh, we get different not. things from yeah. different people. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, sometimes, some people are the people who will, like, call you out on your shit and mm-hmm. they will, like... And then yeah. some people are the people who will, like, gas you up. The, the, ways, the way people talk about, like, being polyamorous, but also, like, that applies to, like, not just romantic or sexual relationships, mm-hmm. like, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, we get different things from different people. I'm starting to see this now. Like, there's just a few people in my life. I mean, you know, I'm, you know if you're in ballroom, you meet the craziest characters. There's some people in your life, like, yeah, they're human beings, but, like, sometimes they were just meant here to just shine, and you just need to just stand back and just, like, like just watch and just enjoy <laughs> it for what it is. Like, yeah. I have this friend named Fadiz, and I love Fadiz to death. Fadiz is a um, Palestinian um, painter, first Arab drag queen here in New York City. Fuck yeah. Fadiz is it. I have one of his paintings in my room. It's of him, like, nude amongst like flowers Aww. with his like man boobs just Aww. like out and about that is is the worst person to tell like anything to like he will not <laughs> he will not listen i'll be like um hey that is my mom's not feeling that well he'll be like uh oh honey do you think this sh- eyeshadow looks good on me oh, <laughs> oh that reminds us me of one of our oh, friends <laughs> oh yeah you just need to laugh that <laughs> off and just like no just just appreciate just what's in front of you that's it he is in his own world. Yeah. We are in our, our, in all in our own no, world. No, we have a friend like that, and I just, like, I love him to death. It's just, yeah. it's a similar dynamic. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, sometimes he's, like, he's like, an really insightful human being. Insightful. He, like, gives me emotional support. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, lo- I love that. Goes. I love that to death. It's yeah. so funny, because when we're on FaceTime, it's, he's, oh, you can tell he's looking at his own box. <laughs> like you can tell that he's he's just like trying to lift his eye oh to get the ripple out of the way. Like I'm like fat is I'm talking to you. Hello, fat is. No, I love him. He's actually he's the first Jordanian gay person. He's the first Arab gay person I met here in New York. Yes. How'd you meet? Um, I actually found him online. Oh. Um, he my uncle I told you um involved in the art scene in Jordan. His oldest son is the most successful out of all three sons that are artists. And he was in this gallery named Wadi Finan. Am I saying right? Wadi Finan Gallery in Jordan. Fad is, is a part of that gallery too. And so, like, I through mutual connection, I found him. I was just like, wait, he lives in New York. Oh, shit. Jordanian guy, gay guy lives in New York. Wait, what? He gets in drag too. Oh, shit. I need to meet him. I, I was 20 oh, at the time. Yeah. And so, like... I, the first you know, person I gotta, is always just like I gotta admit, uh, I'm really good at like finding so what I what I need. Yeah. Like in terms of we grow like let let's break it down. We're Arabs. Like we grow up on like respecting traditions, knowing your old persons, knowing your history, your great 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 grandfather, who was he? What did he do? Could you say the last names in the proper order? <laughs> like we are on that shit. So me experiencing this world through this queer lens, I, I still have that mentality. I want to know the history. I want to know who is it. So when it comes to that shit, I, I will meet people. Like I, I will go out yeah. and get and, and and make it happen. So when I when I did, I met him at Cafe Mocha, in Lower East Side, and he lives a block away. There's an Arabic guy that owns that cafe, and he's straight. He's like straight cisgender, yeah. and like Fat is always like 
filming in drag and like he made a music video called New York Time Man <laughs> in, in, in drag and, and, yeah. he's, and he's in that place just eating and the guy's just like there he's just smiling he's just like okay yeah. <laughs> he's just whatever about you it <laughs> yeah. he's just yeah. like he, and he's his most like valued customer they have a cute relationship that's how you like me that's how you connect I think those that's like first, like those first connections are always so who funny. was yours who was your first like gay literally the first person I I'm okay sure yeah mm-hmm. okay, um, cool. the, the first person I met in college was another Lebanese gay person okay. who I had been like introduced to through like Someone I was hanging out with in Lebanon the summer before who had gone mm-hmm. to his high school, so we were like Facebook interviews before that, and also like. Oh wait, I didn't know that part. I think I, I mentioned it. Yeah, oh, I don't remember that. Part. And okay. um, we were flatmates too. Okay. My parents were there to move me in, and so were his parents, and like our parents instantly meet and like go out to lunch together. <laughs> really? What are yeah. the chances of that happening? I don't. I don't know. There's like. There's like who's another this? Yeah, like they saw the name of the room. Like, who's this? <laughs> Okay. And then, that like, happens. five seconds later, that's happening. And then, meanwhile, at the dorms, we're like, how do we get fakes? We're gay. <laughs> you know there's, like, these New York, these, like, uh, these queer parties. I I know there's, yeah. you know, Yellow, yellow yeah, Party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been? Yeah. That's really good. And there's, um... There's, like, Laylit, which isn't necessarily queer, but it's pretty queer. It's yeah. queerish, yeah. Yeah, yeah queerish, um, there's... yeah. Because the new kids try nowadays want to be hip. That's what the new kids want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, okay, apart from like meeting that one person, I think it took me a while to like uh, connect to the scene or like actually like want to seek out more connections. I don't know. I guess I was intimidated for a while. It's hard. Yeah. I feel like I realized early on, like, people ain't shit. Even, even the ones that you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all fucked up. Who was, but yeah, who was, like, your first? Um, I guess it was Ellie. And then after that was Miriam. Like, very soon after. Y'all, this is the most chill podcast episode I think we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how much editing's gonna go into this, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Me too. I'm glad it's happening. Me too. Yeah. No, I think, like, I actually, care about leisure a lot. Leisure is great. Yeah, especially yeah, like, now. I gotta have the food in front of me. Like you have like, to have all this, this setup. Like, this doesn't like, happen on Zoom. <laughs> no, it yeah. doesn't happen on Zoom. Have you ever done it on a podcast over Facetime? Is that possible? We haven't done we that. We haven't done that. We usually use Zoom or like Google Meets. Yeah. Sometimes we've done like um, Insta Live Q and As and stuff. Just like go on Instagram Live and just talk on our podcast page that's the only time we've like got on video for our podcast oh, wait question yeah. um before the before the pandemic like did you guys ever do in person yeah yeah sometimes yeah. like oh, a yeah. lot of times at events like queer arab events usually in new york so like there's this puppy mic that has like like fluffy things mm-hmm. that like filter out sound um so it's like really good to like going at parties and just like yeah. interviewing people that's cute. Yeah, that's we do that at like clubs and parties yeah. and that kind of thing. I don't think yeah. I've ever done. Well, okay, we did Miriam's in person, but like most of the time, which is cool because then when the pandemic happened, it wasn't like such a we didn't have like to wrench in the system. Yeah. I'm aware yeah. of another Arabic podcast called Arabology. How cool! It's so I've, random. I've heard of that. Yeah, I feel like it would be cool if y'all connected. Mm. He's on the we he's, probably should. He's on the West Coast. I feel like I've listened to a couple of particular. Episodes he of like that. interviews like Hamidzino and. Yeah, okay. And yeah, we should hang it, or we should connect. So, do you believe in ghosts? What are your thoughts on ghosts? 
So how, okay, here's the of this question. If you die, do you want to be a ghost? Like, how do you feel about that? Well, you asked that me, future. like, that leads to a question of, like, what happens after we die. Yeah. No, but not, like, what does happen. Like, if you got to pick. Like, if you could decide. If you had a choice in the matter. Would I be a ghost? Would you want to be a ghost? Um, I totally would. I think it sounds great. No. I would want to do it I feel like we very just keep switching lives. Interesting. And, and the universe is so big, it's like um, a million, you know what I mean? Yeah. You could end up somewhere else as like something else. And it just keeps That's going true. and going ad infinitum. People have said things, but I think of the result. I never experienced the ghost. However, I did like, um, there was an icon of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That was in my room when I was younger. One time, it kept me up all night. Oh god! I, I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. That's the closest thing I've gotten to ghost. That's pretty. That's pretty intense. Yeah, it like made me freak out. Do you still have dreams about it? No, I. I think I freaked out. I think religion is just crazy. I know we talked about this earlier, but like mm-hmm. I think dogma, anything trying to control humans, rules, none of this shit exists, and yeah. and it it gets to a point where. Uh, masochistic concepts, thoughts come into play, mm-hmm. and like it'll get you to a point where you think that you are unworthy of like feeling good or just yeah, like suffering or discipline. And suffering is yeah. a good thing. Like suffering or like oh, discipline. And, like, <laughs> oh. and it's funny because it's like yeah. it, you see suffering the same idea, like the same impulses, like playing out. Whether it's like in religion or whether it's like. In different types of schooling or different types of training, like you could tell yeah. that the way they're folk, they're it's like you no, have to like no pain, no, no gain, pain, no gain. People yeah. just implement yeah. it like um, they do it through whatever medium is on their hands. I, ca- I cannot. And here comes the crossfade. <laughs> yeah, can you feel it? Yeah, I feel like I'm on Delilah right now. <laughs> Delilah. Um, Hi. Do you mind playing this song for my? I have. Is she the one? Where it's on yeah. The okay. So my husband Hi, and I are going through some really tough times together. Yeah. Can you uh, play? WAP. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I'm I'm so glad you came to me. I think this song like really speaks to exactly the divide between you two and what yeah, exactly it's like the, the divide between an ass and a pussy. Yeah. Like, but, this but it brings them together. Bring those together for you. <laughs> Delilah. I really think we should keep in some of this Delilah stuff. <laughs> I think it's just ki- Yep, it's kicking in. <laughs> Delilah. Oh, I love Delilah. 106.7. Oh yeah. my god. Oh shit. She's shady sometimes. Sometimes she's like, well, you do think that you're the part of the problem, right? <laughs> Yeah. She's like, yeah, she does have, have a little bit of a Why don't, spice. I, I, I know it. what song to play. I know what song. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can you sing Delilah again one more time? I'm going to try to harmonize. Wait, let's start over. No, start over. Delilah. Does she sing her own name? I forget. I don't know. <laughs> would you ever sing your own name? I don't know if I would <laughs> sing my own. I would. Like on a show, you'd be like, the Nadia show. Well, no, I don't have I a have show. Sierra Mist and I have more alcohol. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, it's just a seltzer if anybody wants some. I'm actually fine right okay. now. Okay. Yeah, thank you. So we were thinking, like, do you want to talk about your coming out as queer, whatever that looks like for you, if you want, like, whatever you want to share. 
Mm. I know coming out is kind of a simplistic term, but like, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess you talked about like that kind of like visibility that came with doing ballroom and how you had to get to that point uh, before you felt comfortable. I don't know. I feel like it's like a long story because yeah. I feel like we're always coming out. Right. That's true. But, um. Like I said, it's, it feels like a really binary way to put it. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. Whatever you want to like talk about your experience of getting to that point where you felt comfortable doing ballroom and being more open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you just have to put in like it's just putting in the work. Like mm-hmm. I put in the work with my parents. I made them realize like things over time. I like pushed boundaries. Like with with within the space that they create that they created for me, mm-hmm. little by little, like you push, you push, you push, and something's got a nudge, and yeah. I don't know. Like growing up, I I played with Barbies and I like I dressed with I dressed up in my mom's clothes. Like I actually thought I was trans. I actually thought I was a woman. But there's a difference between like wanting to be a woman and like wanting to like get treated like a woman. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of the emotional, like, psychology of it all, like, I remember puberty was really, really hard for me because, like, I remember getting on the subway and I'm, I'm, I've always been that, 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 that kid that was like, oh, a baby, oh, how cute, like, mm-hmm. or like, yeah. oh, that's so adorable, like, right? And, like, once the facial hair started coming in and you know us Arab men look really Arab men, like, we yeah. really look, like, manly as hell. Once that started coming into play, like, like I remember this pregnant lady was on the subway, right? And, and she had a baby with her as well. I said, oh, your baby's so cute. And she looked at me like I was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that was just something, like, if I was a girl, like, I wouldn't... You know what I mean? Like, that, that's... It's small things like that, or, like, when... Yeah, I heard someone who's, like, a trans guy recently explaining that to me. Like, he used to always, like, love, like, holding babies or, like... Talking to children, he means, and then like once he was like started being perceived as male, like all of a sudden, people were like, "Ew, that's oh, wow. like doing the exact same thing." It's like that's creepy, which is sad because yeah. we have to like be afraid yeah. of I'm super society. But it's also like it's a visual. I'm a very visual person. Like as I'm, I'm experiencing life, I'm also like putting my eye on a wall somewhere so I could take a look at wh- how the view looks like. Mm-hmm. And to me, visually, I'm just like a man and another man. Like, does that look good? Like, what does that <laughs> look like? Does that look right? And yeah. so I thought that I would have to sacrifice my own gender so that it looked right, so that it made uh, sense. Gotcha. I also grew up like that. Like I remember six years old after that whole Barbie craze and getting my parents were like, No, fuck this. Like you're going to karate school. You gotta man up. Right. So I remember that I think it was like the second class, I went to um I saw I saw this boy and I went up to him after class and I said, I know you don't like me now, but one day I'm gonna have long hair and then you'll like me then. Oh and and I, and he went and he told my dad and my dad went crazy. Oh shit. He went crazy in the car. Um, yeah, now I know to sit like behind that behind his car, so you can't behind this the driver's seat, so you can't reach from behind. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like I think ballroom has let me know that like I can have this beard and like be a man and like um, still be fabulous yeah. and make an entrance because that's a conversation too. Males can't make an entrance. They can't enter a space and like 
Like, you know that um, movie where, like, uh, uh, she puts a cigarette in her mouth and, like, ten guys come over yeah. and rush with the lighters? Yeah. I don't know what movie that is. I don't know either, but you, I've you, seen You've seen it. Yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. Um, it's, like, men never have that moment. They might have, like, a lustful gaze, like, for a short minute, like, oh, wow, sweat on a pack of abs. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something like that, but they'll never have their moment. And I feel like ballroom, like, eliminates that rule. Like you can have, you can look like this and still be fab. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is just a vessel, and like my soul that's in it is like so much more than this body. Something that's interesting, not interesting, but like I noticed from the feedback from like um, from people that I've like shared this with, mm-hmm. um, my coming out story. It's apparently it's odd for somebody to come out to their dad before they come out to their mom. Is oh, that yeah, true? Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's true. It's yeah. Pretty, I mean, I mean, you know, it depends on the person and who their dad is and who their mom is, of course. But like, I, I think it's much mm. more common for like women to be accepting and mm-hmm. and people pick up on that. I don't know how that makes sense because it's the woman that is in the community and is like building this reputation for your family. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's the one that has to bear the... The man is just doing whatever the woman has to, to do. Well, I guess it yeah. depends on the dynamic of the family. I mean, it depends who the kid is, but I think there's just, like, a particular kind of, like... No, my mom runs shit. No, I, I, I meant more, like, toxic yeah. masculinity. Like, they can't... Yeah. They can't accept that because they've been trying so hard themselves to be the opposite mm. of it. Um, like, like, my, like, my dad, um, he, he came to this country in the 80s, um, and he, like was working at Nathan's and trying to get a degree at the same time. And um, he was here way before my mom. My mom didn't get here until, like, 1990. So, like, I I just feel like... And he... My mom sort of just, like, played it safe as, like, the typical niche, like, Arab housewife, like, Mm -hmm. knows how to drive to the mall and to Amisena's house, and, like, that's it. Like, my mom's, like, one of the very... So I just feel like she had that emotion or t- emotional like turmoil where like I couldn't like she would have she would have ate it like made it her problem. So I actually didn't come out to her until June. But I came out to my dad like two years ago. It was actually on the day of Anthony Bourdain's death. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how I know because yeah, I know that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember when Anthony Bourdain died and really like the whole really, yeah. the news exploded? Yeah. Wow. This man, oh, the man that experienced everything died. That makes sense, though. Like, it's, it's. I mean, I think, like I said, it depends who your mom is and it depends who your dad is, what mm. makes more sense. Um, but no, I think that's definitely not the most common. For, yeah, really for people who can't see the visual, he's also, like, doing his crazy shoulder stretches right now. <laughs> oh, no, that's not, that's not. I know, I know, but, like, nothing just, compared to what they do. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm such, I'm actually, it's funny because I feel like, um, the recognition that I do get in regards to my voguing is because the Arab is attached to it. Oh, interesting. Because it's so, like, I I feel like it's so unexpected that somebody like me would vogue, Mm -hmm. but what I'm doing is actually not extraordinary. If anything, it's actually very amateur. I've only been into this for, like, a year and... I started August of 2019, so end of August of 2019. Have you connected with Hodisa? Have you connected with Lebanese folks? He's amazing. Yeah, he was on this podcast. Yeah, we had him on. Really? Yeah, Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. He was in that video with me. 
Oh. Oh yeah, the compilation of the like yeah, Mena yeah, yeah. hotel room. Yeah. Um, from cool. Mena with Love. Yeah, it was a, it was a cool project to work on with them actually. Yeah. Xander, this guy Xander Hody from Australia. He's Lebanese. He gathered like five or no, it was six Mena Middle Eastern North African artists and like put us together like in this video. Mm-hmm. Cuz we're very it's crazy. The re- put yourself in somebody's like shoes like for a second like if you're like um arab and you're gay right i mean you feel marginalized in your arab community because you're queer and then you feel marginalized within your queer community because you're arab and like even in arab small arab queer spaces you still feel othered Mm -hmm. like you just end up in the space and that it's funny because i think that's the commonality that ties us all together, yeah. all those, all, all those folders together. But you have Shireen, she's, she's actually Persian. Um, Hody's from Lebanon. Um, Hisham is Palestinian, half Palestinian, half Malaysian. He's an extravaganza as well. I stopped them. I've never met, I feel like we like almost have met in life, but we haven't. When I met Hisham and I found out he was Palestinian, I gagged. <laughs> I was like another Palestinian voter in the house. What are they? But you see what I mean? Like it's sparse. Yeah. We just pop up because we're we're exploring space that is not ours. It's almost like you the Arabness is stripped away. But it's interesting because like I feel like a lot of us are making strides to reinforce it. Yeah. Like I mean that video of Shireen where she's wearing um the abaya. Yeah. She's wearing a full on like, mm. and she's voguing in it. When I saw that, I was just like, what? Oh, the crossroads. You said you were getting a lot of attention uh, for, like, being an Arab who vogues. Like, where, where have you found yourself getting attention? So, different things. So, uh, I know the, the Brooklyn Rail recently, um, I, I want to say it was last year when I was in Machiavelli. I first joined the House of Machiavelli. He was the guy that made me walk realness. Okay. Yeah, he put me in the House of Machiavelli. But once I auditioned for Extrava, I moved on. Um, but that was my first house. So the yeah, the Brooklyn Rail, they wrote something. Uh, back then, I was Habibi Machiavelli. That was the name I went by. <laughs> but now I just go by Ridiculous Extravaganza. It's my my art pseudonym with the the house name. But the Brooklyn Rail wrote something. The Mill World, they actually shared the video. Um, they wrote they wrote about the video. Yeah. There's something in the works right now. I can't go into detail much about it, but I will say it's with White Castle. I think the intersection of identities is what makes it is what makes it interesting. But again, I'm a very much an amateur. Like I, people have been doing this for years, and me, mm-hmm. I'm just like trying to soak as much information as I can, like as a sponge. Yeah. Like yeah. I have a lot of amazing mentors, as I said. Like Benny Ninja has put in work with me. Dark Extravaganza. Um, I've recently been um, trading paintings in for like lessons. Oh, cool. Um, staying with wow. Milan has been teaching me um just yeah just all these people that are just legends that are see that's the great thing about ballroom you have access to people that are amazing yeah like look, these are the people that should be celebrities like what like I, I think if i saw like j-lo walking down the street I, I wouldn't care but if i saw that like one femme queen that i like sanaya i think i would flip out yeah you know what i mean yeah i don't know you have access to these people that like are actually talented how do you feel like your like your background as a visual art, like as a visual artist, um, like influenced how you approached Vogue, or like, do you feel like there's a a transfer there? I think it goes back to the fact that like I think 
I think I low-key am a conceptual artist. Yeah. In terms of, like, the concept, and again, the concept is, like, this queer Arab identity trying to figure out what the, what the fuck is going on, and, like, where could I, where could I go? Where do I belong? I think that is the concept, and ballroom building in particular, I will say it's not something I'm taking as serious, like, it's just a catalyst for me to feel comfortable with my own skin. I'm... I have this theory that if I can get more comfortable within my sexuality, my paintings will get better. Mm-hmm. And my voguing will get better. I believe that. Yeah, I think... I think it will make my confidence go up. That It's confidence boot camp. That's why I'm doing this. I think... Um, I don't know. I, I think like anytime someone just gets more comfortable with themselves, it shows in what they're making. Because I think like the more... The more like mental energy you dedicate to trying not to be something or not to be too much of something, which is what we do when we're um, not entirely confident in ourselves, like that's that's mental energy you can't put towards like doing your art or like doing a good performance or just doing the shit. Yeah. Like trying not to think about something is also yes. that takes energy and that takes mm. your brain cells that could be put towards better use. Seriously, but you're you're also you said you were a, a trained dancer, right? Yeah. So. Do you, how do you feel when you're in front of the mirror in a studio? That's, that's an what interesting question because the, the, mirror part, the mirror part in particular is interesting because like I've been away from a mirror for a long time because of COVID, right? And just like two days ago, yesterday, I was like back, I was in a studio back in front of the mirror for the first time in like yeah. a long fucking time. God. And that fucked with me. I don't know. That's interesting. Because... Um, do you think you dance better when you're in front of that mirror versus like on stage? I think it depends. Like I like the mirror, f- so not being away from a mirror for training. Like I like it for training, and then it also um, it fixes my focus versus like when I'm on stage and there's no mirror. Mm. Like it frees up my focus to uh, look where it makes sense to the choreography, or look towards the audience, or just be. I don't know. Just have more like intention with my focus instead of just staring at my fucking self the whole time. That's actually something I'm struggling with right now. Like uh, my uh, my voguing, it looks technical. It looks good, whatever. Yeah. But it it looks like I've been practicing in front of the mirror for hours, mm. which is the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. See, I mean, it was a different time. Well, everything's so calculated now. The blueprint has been like laid out in terms of everything, not just ball, just like all of life. Like, yeah. it was a different time. They were they were just doing things naturally. It was like organic. Um, people were on drugs and just like yeah. just doing their things in the club and just making these. Um, the creativity was so much more authentic. Voguing in a club is different. It's a different yeah. feeling. Yeah, that's interesting because you like your first. You started off just taking class, right? Which is such a different yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah, no. And I mean, that's same. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, outside of a classroom, to vogue like that, it's like you're coming out every single time. I'm not here to like say that, like, I'm explain how I come across like masculine or feminine or whatever the hell it is. All I know is like I I can pass if if needed be, mm-hmm. and so when you do get out of your body and like I guess fem fem it up, you do you do announce it every time. Yeah, mm-hmm. like in a classroom setting, like all there's no weight of that. Like no yeah, no one no like way. no one's looking at you. They're all looking it's at themselves. Fab. Like That's it. yeah, you had a mirror in front of you. Yeah. You're fab. 
Yeah, there's a whole other layer of like who's looking at me and what are they thinking. How's your pandemic period been going? Oh, it's good. I've been creating a lot of paintings. Yeah, I've been creating a lot of paintings. I'm working on a few paintings right now that um, I've done a few like album covers actually. There's an artist in Chile mm-hmm. um, that's coming out with this like indie rock um, like vibe, nice. and I did the cover art for the album. Um, I'm also working with another indie rock artist that lives out in California, Oakland. And he's working with um, like Tyler the Creator, oh, and he's coming out with an album. I did I did the cover up for that. Um, digital work, yeah, that was good. Um, and then I'm also I'm creating this painting of a femme queen. And femme queen, for for those of you that don't know, is a trans woman within the ballroom scene. That that's the terminology that we use. Yeah. And she's posed as the, as the Mona Lisa. So I've been working on that. And then I'm, I'll, I've also been, yeah I've I've painted a lot of ballroom esque paintings. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm annoyed because the story isn't there. There's like this guy. I'm looking at it right now. Like it's on the ground. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. It's like this good. um yeah this guy in a blonde wig. I'm working on that. Yeah. And then I have, actually I have a painting of Benny Ninja. Um, oh, you do. I do. Let me let me pull it out. All my works aren't always in process, but these are really in process. This is a painting of um, my aunt. She beautiful. has a, such a huge influence on me. I'm still working on it, though. That's beautiful. But um, she died of like pancreatic cancer in 2006. Yeah, she was just like always there in my childhood. I don't oh, know. That's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, that's wow. a commission. And that, this is Benny Ninja. Um, but... I think I was trying to like again like there's trends that go on in the art world that I was just like trying to experiment with but like I don't know time has shown me not to follow any trends okay, and having a blank background this bland yeah even though it is like so monotone and like neutral mm-hmm. like it looks like it belongs in like an anthropology store <laughs> or something like no like I, I want to paint on the bench that we used to vote by Oh. So I'm gonna, I think that's what I'm going to do in the background. Okay. Oh, it's cool. going to be bubbling on the bench. Like, Perfect, yeah. See the background. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's a good side that piece. Yeah. Hey. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you see it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm working on that. I think the hair needs to be redone. But, you know, okay. There's also a painting of, um, you know the saying, um, wolf in sheep's clothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I did like a a sheep and wolf's clothing because I feel oh, like you gotta be strong for life. Like yeah. you gotta be. Oh. Yeah, and there's like there's like little screaming baby lambs coming out of the stomach. Yes. Yeah, it's like. I love that. I got an Arab Elvis too. <laughs> I, I need to touch cool. that. Up. I think I, I am Arab Elvis. <laughs> I think you are too. Yeah, I see that. But yeah, just like random things. My battery's about to die. So okay, so to close this us a, off. Yeah. To close us off, um, is there how can people follow you or check up on what you're doing? Um, you can go to my website, ridiculous.com. That's R-I-D-I-K-K-U-L-U-Z.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or follow me on Instagram at ridiculous. 
Perfect. I wonder what the <laughs> fuck this sound is like. <laughs> Thank you.